Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. This is the day before the big day in the UK. Uh, federal election, of course, is going on tomorrow. And, uh, well, the reporting we're seeing is saying the polls could be tightening a little bit. Boris Johnson, of course, uh, called the election uh, some weeks ago. Joining us to talk about this is Redmond Shannon, Global News in London. Uh, good morning, uh, I guess good afternoon where you are. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today, Redmond. Thanks. Good morning to you, Bill. What's uh, The reporting I'm seeing here, sees, said, I, I, we've always been hearing, I guess, ever since this election was called, that uh, Boris Johnson and the Conservative Party uh, had a significant lead. I'm hearing that's narrowing now. What, what are you hearing on the street? Yeah, well, it has it is narrowing, and it's all um, it is all relative, though, because they had a, a very healthy lead, and the latest poll, probably the last poll now that we've we've had just last night before this last day of the campaign, indicates that the uh, if it's exactly right, then the Conservatives will be set for a small majority, maybe around twenty eight seats. So that's enough. That that's really what Boris Johnson needs, but with the margin of error indicates that it might not be a majority at all. So he could win far more or he could just fall short of that overall majority. And that spells big trouble for Boris Johnson because without an overall majority, he probably, he almost certainly cannot get uh, this Brexit deal that he renegotiated with the EU through because no other party is going to team up with him. The Brexit party almost certainly won't win any seats. So all the other parties, all the other MPs in the House of Commons will be against this deal uh, that he has renegotiated. So Boris Johnson is in deep trouble if that happens. But the the betting indicates right now the Brit- the British bookies are still saying that Boris is likely to win that majority come tomorrow night. Yeah, and there is, is the conundrum. Obviously, if they, I don't want to, well, we won't go down that road just yet. Let's, let's see what the results are. But a minority government, which is essentially what tied the Conservatives' hands anyway, wasn't it? I mean, even going back to Prime Minister May uh, when, before Boris Johnson actually took over, uh, there was there was a move move forward, of course, because of the referendum. But uh, if you don't have the votes, it's not going to get done, and uh, we could have another hung Parliament if he ends up with a slight minority again. Well, exactly. And the issue with Theresa May is that she had a small majority and then she called an election 2017 and it went spectacularly wrong. And she ended up with a minority, had to rely on the 10 MP uh, Democratic Unionist Party from Northern Ireland who have very much their own agenda about how Brexit would play out. And that really complicated things even further. But what also complicated things is that within the Conservative Party, there were splits about Brexit. Within the Labour Party, there were splits about Brexit, the two main parties. So it wasn't along party lines. It will be after this election far more along party lines because... Uh, especially in the Conservative side, all the MPs who are standing, all the candidates who are standing rather, will be very much falling into line, almost every one of them. So you could therefore know that if Boris Johnson gets his majority, almost every single one of those MPs will be towing the line with him come uh, after after tomorrow night. What about the mindset of the voters themselves, Redmond? I know that Boris Johnson wants this to be an election about Brexit, but... You know, an election of, of this scope, 650 seats that are up for grabs right now, uh, and, and the people in London as opposed to the people in, in you know, in Liverpool as opposed to the people in Edinburgh, uh, could have different issues. Is, is, is Brexit the main thrust? Is it what's going to motivate people to vote uh, for one party over the other tomorrow? I think more so than the 2017 election, yes, it really will be motivated by 
Brexit. But people have very big issues too. There is a big issue with housing here. The National Health Service is under strain. Even this week, that was a major issue with this photo emerging of a four-year-old boy with suspected pneumonia sleeping Mm -hmm. on jackets on the floor of a hospital. And then you had... um, accounts and social media claiming it was fake. You had Boris Johnson taking a a mobile phone from the hand of a TV reporter and putting the reporter's phone in his pocket. And the reporter saying, Mr. Prime Minister, you just took my phone and you refused to look at that photo of the little boy. That was a bad look. And it did turn out that that photo was not fake. It was absolutely real because of the pressure that that hospital was under. But of course, a lot of stuff going on online muddies the waters. People believe what they want to believe. And there are many other issues that affect everyday people. But overarching, this uh, campaign is dominated by Brexit. And the Conservatives know that. And they're using a three-word slogan, get Brexit done, simplifying it down, boiling it right down, because people are sick and tired of Brexit. They want to get onto other issues. And if you at least get Brexit done, even if you don't think Brexit's a good idea, well, then at least the UK can move on and and look to other everyday issues like health and education and so on. But is there a concern there? I saw an editorial the other day about this, that that the obsession that, that, well, that's the word they used anyway, that Boris Johnson has with Brexit right now is at the cost of many other things. And you just I, I listed some of the other concerns that are on there right now. Uh, is there is there a case of Brexit burnout here? Oh, absolutely, Brexit burnout, and I think that's what they're relying on. So when Boris Johnson and the other supporters of Brexit in 2016 talked about what Brexit would mean, they said it would be a great new dawn for the UK, it would spell so many positives. And listen, eventually it may do, although most economists, uh, and not least the uh, head of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, Canadian Mark Carney, all say that it probably won't be a good thing. But put that aside for the moment. People are just sick of it. They want it out of the way. And Boris Johnson is now saying, get Brexit done. So whereas before the Brexiteers were saying, this is going to be amazing. Now they're saying, well, let's just get it out of the way. That's what they're playing on because everybody feels like that. Whether it's good or bad, people are just just want it done. And that is what they're playing up. And and Boris Johnson, you may have seen online, tweeted a very highly produced parody of Love Actually uh, with him going to the door with those cue cards. You had him driving a digger through a styrofoam brick wall and saying, get Brexit done. All these gimmicks, but they make for great social media clips and news clips. And that message seems to be resonating just about enough to get him over the line come tomorrow. How did, how was that received? I, I did see that, by the, the Love Actually parody that he did, uh, which is very un-Boris, really. Uh, but uh, it was was it was it panned? I mean, because I, I, the the reaction I've seen has been pretty mixed on that so far. Well, I think it depends on which side you're coming for, from. Um, uh, people who don't like Boris will dislike him more. People who like him will like him more. You got to admit that it was extremely well produced. It was. It was funny. The detail on it was um, really remarkable on how much they copied that original scene. So you got to give credit to that. They have uh, behind the scenes, the conservatives have some very savvy um, young people who have worked on other campaigns around the world. They know what resonates and they know that sometimes even something that's cheesy beyond belief is what gets people talking and they don't care whether it's good or bad it gets people talking people retweet it whether they like it or not and that message percolates through the voters and that 
power of social media is still something that a lot of parties probably, some parties, should we say, harness better than others. Redmond, is there a concern there about outside influence? I mean, we know in hindsight now that that there was a great deal of outside influence with the Brexit referendum a couple of years ago. I mean, they made movies about that with Benedict Cumberbatch and and others involved in that uh, and the impact that that had on the outcome. Is there there a concern now that there could be some uh, nefarious individuals or, or countries maybe even that could be involved in this? There is a concern. Actually, funnily enough, in the wake of that Love Actually clip, you might remember from that movie, the man who played the prime minister in that movie is Hugh Grant. Yep. And Hugh Grant spoke about that clip and said it was extremely well produced and, and jokingly said uh, the conservatives have a lot of money. It maybe explains where the rubles went. So that was a little <laughs> sly dig at the prime minister who was trying to act from the actor who was trying to be prime minister. Uh, and Hugh Grant is someone who is campaigning uh, against Brexit, but campaigning specifically for people to vote tactically, by the way. So it, on, he wants people to switch to the party that's most likely to beat the Conservatives. But uh, that's that's an aside to it all. There are concerns about um, interference. We, we, you know, we, we know, that obviously, in the Brexit referendum, there was a lot of suspicion around that. There is a report which the government has uh, ready, which 10 Downing Street, the Prime Minister's office, has ready to publish, but is has held off on publishing until after the election, which is obviously had a lot of people concerned. Why are they holding back in it? It was ready to publish a, a report about election interference. But of course, the keeping that back keeps it out of the public eye. People are talking about other things. We will find out after the election the extent to which there has been interference in the past and we will find out perhaps throughout over the coming year what maybe what level of interference there has been in this election. Of course, you never really know the Canadian election. There were suspicions that mm-hmm. there may be interference then. It really didn't pan out to be anything like uh, as serious as some people had feared. So it's it's something that requires an awful lot of investigation, an awful lot of work to figure out what was going on. And, and in the modern fast news cycle, it can be difficult to, to get that through. For those that are, that are just dead set against Brexit, and, and let's face it, Boris Johnson has his enemies too. Not everybody is a warm, fuzzy feeling about the, the prime minister the way things are right now. What about what about the option, the other option, that being Jeremy Corbyn right now, who's uh, uh, the head of the Labour Party, of course. Uh, some people just think that this guy is not cut out to be a prime minister. Yet uh, some of the demographics I've seen indicate that, especially among young voters, uh, there seems to be a preference for Corbyn over Boris Johnson. Well, there, there probably, yeah, there would be a more uh, a preferable feeling about uh, Jeremy Corbyn among younger voters than Boris Johnson, for sure. Uh, but there are a lot of reservations. He, just like Boris Johnson, is someone who's extremely divisive. So pe- some people love him. Some people really have great reservations about him. First of all, he is sits to the very left of the political spectrum mm-hmm. in the UK. So uh, he will be pushing for nationalizing some services uh, that have previously been privatized. Obviously, concerns in the business community about that. You know, some people think it's a great idea because of some of the issues in society here in the UK. There are also concerns um, since he became leader of the Labour Party four years ago about how he has handled allegations of anti-Semitism within the Labour Party. So Jeremy Corbyn is someone who is very pro uh, the cause of Palestinian people and the Palestinian state. And that has allied with a feeling that he has not cracked down on 
incidents, definite incidents in the Labour Party of anti-Semitism, uh, of uh, incidents that have happened when people probably haven't been disciplined in the way they should have been. And that that um, stench, shall we say, has followed him for years and he hasn't been able to get rid of it. He probably hasn't apologised for how it has been handled properly. He was forced into doing so in this election, but some people think it was too little and too late. But it, it is still going to be an issue. Those stories have been going on ever since he became leader four years ago. Oh, yeah, it, it is still an issue, and, and uh, Jewish organizations in the UK have been highlighting it. And, uh, and traditionally, and having done a, store, a couple of stories here in London earlier this year, we went to you know a traditionally Jewish neighborhood in North London, and you had people who are lifelong labor supporters. Uh, they say that uh, Jew, Jews in Britain gravitate naturally towards the labor politics or a, a social democracy politics and they say i met one gentleman who, who who the week before had handed in his membership card of the labor party because he he you know with a heavy heart because he felt so upset about how he didn't feel welcome in the party anymore. And these people potentially are voting conservative. Boris Johnson went to a, 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 a tra traditionally Jewish neighborhood here in, in London a few days ago, got a great reception, at least according to his social media profile. Uh, but there is a definite issue there. There are only a few 100,000 Jewish people in the UK, but just how that's handled and how it looks on the Labour Party and, and Jeremy Corbyn, that is a big issue for him. What about voter turnout? We were just talking about the younger demographics might be more inclined to, to lean toward labor, uh, which is not unusual, I guess, uh, in, in many societies. as People are younger and, and probably somewhat more philosophical than they are practical because uh, they don't have the life experience. They, they may tend to somebody who has that, that, that kind of a bent. Uh, but uh, the, the older demographic invariably seemed to be the demographic that, that has the highest voter turnout. What do you anticipate happening tomorrow? Yeah, well, they, every election, Bill, there has, there's always people saying, oh, this is when young people will turn out. It never really transpires that much. The last election, there was an increase in, in younger voter turnout, but not that much. And, you know, I, the, it's, it, people say it every time, and it never really happens. Old pe older people will vote. Younger people will vote less, less often, and that is not going to change tomorrow. But if for some reason younger people are energized by uh, the policies put forward by one of the parties, or in particular Brexit, then that could have a, uh, an, an influence. But I have my doubts. Is there a, a, a rural vote here that, that, that is going to be a factor, uh, as opposed to obviously the, what happens in, in the larger cities? But when you start looking at, at what's going to happen in the countrysides, and obviously the, you know, the other aspects of the UK right now, whether or not that's going to carry the day. Yeah, and that, that very much changes on the regions. So you have different regions of England, uh, different rural regions. So in the north of England, traditionally very strong Labour. In the south of England, very safe, conservative constituencies, ridings. Uh, then in Scotland, rural constituencies have gone from, you know, from uh, Liberal Democrats to the Scottish Nationalists. You have the Welsh Nationalists in rural part of Wales as well, a few seats, and every seat could count here. And then you have 18 seats in Northern Ireland where none of the big parties from Britain compete. You have all these different parties in Northern Ireland based on the future of Northern Ireland remaining in the UK or potentially looking for a united Ireland and, and Northern Ireland leaving the UK. So all those parties come into play. One of those parties doesn't sit when it wins seats in the House of Parliament. So that changes the math too. 
So all, you so many different regions of the UK. It's so diverse in its politics that it really depends on where you're going. But yeah, those rural, I think it's less than rural. It's the suburban, just like, say, the 905 okay. in southern Ontario. It's That's where the swing happens. If that goes red or blue, that can decide the result on election night. We, uh, we happened to be over in the UK when uh, David Cameron got elected the first time uh, in, in that election. And uh, being a political junkie, of course, we wanted to stay for the results. We were up all night. <laughs> I mean, we're talking 650 seats in some very close races. Mm. Uh, do you anticipate a long night uh, again when the, the vote starts coming in tomorrow? I think so. They have um, a the three major broadcasters here, BBC, ITV and Sky News, will have a, an exit poll published at the exact moment that the polls close. So that's 10 p.m. local, 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. So at that point, you know, if, if it's a big win for the Conservatives, then we should know by then because those that poll seems to be quite accurate. But if they're sitting on the fence, if they think it's a thin majority maybe for Johnson or possibly a minority government, then it's a long night because it could come down all the way to the last few seats. And who knows, it could it could be a very long night. So that could be 6 a.m. local time by the time we get a result, maybe 1 a.m. Eastern. Um, and if it's just one or two seats left, that, that tip the balance. And then sometimes there's recounts and who knows how long it could go on. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you've how many of these have you seen over the years? I mean, you know, that there's going to be people that are going to say, hey, I couldn't vote. I mean, they closed the door of the poll. I didn't get there in time. I mean, it, it goes on and on and on. But it's always an exciting night, and uh, it's a very, very important night, obviously, for everybody in the U.K., and we'll be uh, watching for your reporting on this over the next couple of days, Redmond. Thank you so much for the time today. Great talking with you. Thanks, Bill. Bye. Take care. Redmond Shannon, of course, uh, uh, from Global News in London, as uh, the U.K. prepares to vote tomorrow. And uh, as Redmond told us, it looks as if it's going to be a Boris Johnson majority government. But that's why they count the votes. We'll see what happens. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.